Hello and welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson. Today, I had the joy and pleasure of sitting down with a dear friend of mine, Erica Bonham. Erica is a certified EMDR clinician, consultant and trainer, and a coach. She's a licensed professional counselor in the state of Colorado, and she aspires to be a catalyst for change, justice, growth, evolution, and all-around badassery. And believe me when I say, she is a badass herself, and it was so great to connect with her on this episode. Um, What I am learning through my own journey and speaking with other professionals in this arena, whether it's a therapist, a nutrition coach, a hormonal expert, we need to learn how to regulate our nervous systems. And once we do, like that is the key, you guys. It's not necessarily just a diet. It is not about just going to therapy one hour a month or however often you go but having the tools to bring yourself back into regulation before you walk into something, after you come out of something, just any time. So Erica talks to us about what is nervous system regulation, what knocks us off kilter, what dysregulates us, and how can we bring ourselves back into regulation. Um, so it's a very, it's a very hands-on and practical episode, meaning you're gonna walk away with some tools We talk about her own journey um, with ketamine therapy also and also how it helped her stop drinking. I work with a lot of people who they'd love to cut back on alcohol, but for some reason they can't. Well, maybe maybe it's not you, right? Maybe it has something to do with your nervous system. Um, Anyway, and then she also shares with us her program, which I am currently going through, Cultivate Your, How to Cultivate Your Inner Badass, and it is fantastic. So a really... Unfortunately, a really timely episode based on events that have happened in the States here in the last two weeks. Um, But this is one of those things, you guys, that I don't even say this. This is not, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not exaggerating. This could save, this could save us. It could save us from ourselves. It could save the world, this nervous system regulation. So enjoy. Welcome back to Far From Perfect, everyone. Today, I we we are speaking with Erica Bonham of Avos Counseling. She's actually been on the show, remember, back in 2020? In the middle of the madness. Yes. And that's what we talked about. We talked about the madness. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But today, we're going to have a, a slightly different conversation, but still regarding like mental health um, and on this top, topic of nervous system regulation. So um, I... The way I see it and what I've been told and observed from other therapists is like, if we can master this, like we, we're going to be in a pretty good shape. So before we dive into that though, can you guess, welcome to the show and give us a little bit about your background. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to see your face and be on here. Um, yeah, so I, I've been in, um, counseling field for about 14 years and I am a trained EMDR trainer and consultant. And so EMDR is a, it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it's a pretty evidence-based trauma protocol treatment. So trauma is kind of my jam, trauma recovery, and really helping people move and digest traumatic experiences. Um, 
And but what we're understanding about what trauma actually is is yes, it's big T, you know, abuse and and um, car accidents and war and all of those things that we traditionally think of as traumatic. But it's also those little T things that you know the lack of attunement, the lack of emotional connection, and we'll talk a little bit more, I think, about that today because that is so key in terms of our nervous system regulation. Um, really being attuned to and being understood emotionally and held space for is actually how we learn to regulate our nervous systems. Oh, wow. And so I think that's a missing experience for most of us in some way. I mean, it's a missing experience for my kids, right? Yeah, right. I, and not all the time. I certainly try to attune to them and, and regulate them, but I'm human and so when they're throwing a tantrum about not having blueberry cream cheese in the refrigerator, I'm like, what? You know, what? Oh, there's, you know, I go into the whole starving kids in Africa thing and I'm like, what? Just deal with that. Right. Instead of like, I understand you're disappointed, <laughs> like, which is also okay. Right. Because we can't always expect other people in our lives to be completely regulated all of the time. Right. Um, but through attunement and through connection and through like having somebody be able to sit in the pain with you mm-hmm. is actually how we digest emotion, how our nervous systems learn to strengthen and tolerate mm-hmm. stress and big feelings and adversity. Well, so before I mean, we were, we will talk about your course, but I was just listening to it and you were talking about, um, strengthening our nervous system. And I love that because you use the example of, of training it, putting in the right. reps. And I had never thought of it like that. Like we want to, we do want to experience these situations so that we can recover from them and learn yes. how to deal with them. So I definitely want to give credit where credit is due. I actually learned that term from Resma Menicum, who wrote my grandmother's hands, and he he really talks about racialized trauma, which is, you know, we could do a whole show on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really getting in your nervous system reps. And he talks about it in terms of like uh, white folks when we're dealing with, ta- you know, building our resiliency to be able to uh, move through white supremacy and tolerate difficult conversations of race Mm -hmm. you need to get a rep in you need to like oh somebody said something and you didn't say that thing you didn't say hey that's not cool for you to say that and you regret it how do you visualize redoing that and get a nervous system rep in right so I want to give him credit for that but it certainly can be used in in all forms of trauma and I, I really encourage people. So we, we talk, I'm sure you talk about visualization and, you know, seeing yourself do something, but I would actually invite folks to take it even deeper and what I would call like a somatic visualization. Mm-hmm. So like how, if you're about to enter into a difficult conversation, like if you're, if you know, you're going to ask, if you're going to give somebody some feedback or set a boundary or say, you know, Hey, this is something that really hurt my feelings or whatever it is. If you know, you're going to have a difficult conversation, if you're going to go into a difficult situation, 
practicing how you want to feel in your body is way it's going to get way deeper than you just saying like i am strong i am worthy i you know my needs matter blah 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 because if we're if we're just doing those self what i call self affirmationing yourself to death mm-hmm. you're really you're really staying in your frontal lobes you're staying in your thinking brain mm-hmm. and my, you know, your vagus nerve. And so when we're talking about nervous system regulation, we really need to talk about the polyvagal system and the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. And the vagus nerve runs from your brain stem to your gut. And it is in charge of 75, 80% of nervous system regulation. It's in charge of heart rate regulation. It's in charge of digestion. It's in charge of insulin regulation. You know, it it plays a role in so many different nervous system regulation things that if we are just staying in thinking, if we are just staying in self-affirmation from this thinking thing, what I might, am I allowed to cuss on your podcast? Oh yeah, all the words. Yes, yeah, say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, trauma doesn't give a shit what you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I have read all the parenting books, Kylie. I have, you know, I know all of the effective communication strategies. And when I'm activated, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter what we know. <laughs> and so my va- my vagus nerve doesn't connect to my frontal lobes, just like your vagus nerve doesn't connect to your frontal lobes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what we know we have to bring in the body if we are going to heal our nervous systems. Well, and that is one of the things I just was listening to you say in your course, like we can't take this top down approach. It needs to be a bottom up. Can you give me an example of like what that looks like? Is it just trying to feel the way I want to feel when I tell this person, Hey, this boundary, you can't text me after eight o'clock anymore or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it is multifaceted, right? I think, moving your body in a way that feels intuitively empowering for you is really good. We can talk about some um, strategies that I help, you know, even just, it's hard to do um, with just audio, but putting like the opposite hand under your rib cage and then twist, like twisting in the opposite direction. Mm. So if you were to put your right hand on your left rib cage and then twist to your right, that's gonna break up some of that stagnant energy in your gut, right? And if you're looking behind you in the twist, bad shit happens from behind us, right? If you think about how our brains evolved, we got chased from behind, right? Bad stuff happens from behind us. And so if we're looking back and you're actually taking in the visual cues that nothing is coming for you, and then you're bringing your awareness to the back body, like no sharp objects are coming here, feeling the safety of the present moment, you're no, you'll feel like I, when I do that, I actually feel my gut releasing a little bit. And so twisting. Rolling out your joints is a really good one. Rolling out your joints or massaging your joints actually stimulates proprioception, which is our orienting response in our brain. Um, pushing your feet on the ground is a really good one. I mean, that like the the list of nervous system regulation is 
infinite, right? Going for a walk, mm -hmm. my, you know, paying attention to what you see, hear, smell, taste, touch, cold water on the face is a nervous system reset, T any kind of twisting. Mm -hmm. So I would play with what your body responds to, but it has to be in the body. And then my other favorite saying is like, if you want to heal from trauma or if you want to heal from your nervous system, the willingness to get a little weird is yeah. going to help you. Uh -huh. Right. So like shaking, you know, like a willingness to shake or lion's breath, right? Like, oh, yeah, um, is really, really helpful. And you know, we are a society that is obsessed with thinking. Yeah. Even and the therapy industry is like CBT, CBT, cognitive behavioral. And I'm not, I'm not, CBT is helpful. Mm -hmm. I would say that it is insufficient mm -hmm. when it comes to nervous system regulation, because we are not going to solve neuroses with more neuroses. Exactly. I always say I'm too smart for that. Because I will, I'll, I'll outsmart myself. So I won't totally. have to change. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And as I'm thinking about this and I think about our current lifestyles, no wonder. It's like, no wonder we sit all day long. We're not moving our bodies. We're not stimulating our vagus nerve. It's like, no wonder everyone's an anxious mess. Totally. And we're just, we're thinking all the time, you know? And our focus is so, you know, atten our attention is the biggest commodity out there. Yeah. And so if we can bring our focus to our internal world a little bit, and we actually show up regulated. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about a nerve, a regulated nervous system in the face of this divided country, mm -hmm. in the face of you know, all of the difficult, you know, global warming, <laughs> it, you know, even if we're talking about collective issues, if we could regulate our collective nervous system, we might actually be able to make some progress, Yeah. right? Because if we're regulated, then we can actually be in our frontal lobe. Mm -hmm. And our frontal lobe is the part of our brain that can have attuned communication that can have disagreement while still maintaining connection, that can have nuanced thinking, that we can hold both and thinking. Mm -hmm. The limbic system, the brainstem, the fight or fight is good, bad, safe, not safe, go, yep. right? I am right, you are wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and when we are in that really dogmatic belief system, like right, wrong, I'm good, you're bad. I, I, this is me, you are other. The limbic system is like, yes, mm, I love that. It's like yes. a drug. Like, ooh, false certainty. Yes, please. <laughs> right? Because, and it's the limbic system supposed to work like that. Because if you're being jackknifed on a highway, you don't want nuanced thinking online, right? You don't want like, hmm, I wonder if the truck driver is having a bad day. <laughs> Right. You want good, safe, bad, you know, go mm -hmm. quick. But if you're having a conversation with, with your partner, yes, that's what I was just thinking. Right. Or if you're trying to like discipline your child, but in a way that still maintains connection, or if you're trying to solve a global crisis, 
the ability to stay regulated and not reactive and not in flight or fight, I mean, that's fundamental. So interesting, the last two podcasts I've had, they've been about relationships and obviously communication comes up and I can see how if you're trying to talk to your partner about finances or sex or how you parent, going in there dysregulated isn't going to get anybody anywhere. Right. Your protective parts, your reaction is just going to cause your partner's reaction and you're going to feed off of each other and it's just going to go nowhere. And even if, you know, I, I hear a lot of like people that are in couples therapy or whatever in there and they'll say something like, okay, you need to have a pause button or you need to take a break. And they'll try that and it doesn't work because if somebody's like, hey, I need to hit pause, usually that's going to trigger somebody else's abandonment stuff. Oh, that makes right? sense. And so you've got to practice how are you going to regulate your nervous system mm -hmm. so that you don't cause harm to each other. Right. And even in the, in your line of work, you know, I was just thinking about um, our relationship with food and our relationship with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would say it's pretty traumatic to live in a society where your worth is in keeping your body small. Yeah. And although I know you, you, you know, want to help people feel strong mm -hmm. and you want to help people feel like, like in a loving relationship with food and in a loving relationship with their bodies. And I would say like regulating your nervous system mm -hmm. is fundamental to that. Because Absolutely. if you're, you know, with any substance, whether it's food or booze or, or people pleasing, or, you know, we can be addicted to all kinds of things, including doing and people pleasing and all of that. So if you are in this unhealthy relationship with whatever you are, mm -hmm. tech, mm -hmm. regulating your nervous system and finding what needs to be healed there, what you're trying to numb, what you're trying to comfort mm -hmm. is really key. Well, I love what you were saying. Like everyone's kind of addicted to something. A hundred percent. And I know that's true for myself and I've been way addicted to other things. Um, right. But again, it's like, there's this, it's not magic, it's science. <laughs> it's like, totally. This, so what, what, if, okay. What if someone's listening? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is a dysregulated nervous system? Can you explain mm -hmm. that? Sure. Sure. So we all have a flight, fight, freeze system. And we want the, again, we want that. We want, if we are being attacked, we want that system to kick in to either fight back or run or play dead and like you know maybe they won't see me uh -huh. kind of thing and that is you know getting into the flight or fight system we all that's called the sympathetic nervous system and actually moving in and out of the sympathetic nervous system and the social engagement system or the ventral vagal system so the social engagement system is the regulated system. It's where we feel joy. It's where we feel calm. It's where we feel present, connected. We're like, we got this sense that we can be okay, even in the face of some stress. 
And so ideally, we're going to be moving through a little bit of sympathetic because that moves us, right? It moves us to study for the test. It moves us to get up and go to work and do the things that are needed to do. So we've got to move through sympathetic and back through ventral and like, you know, resting and, and sympathetic and resting and sympathetic. But if things become overwhelming, then we start to feel panic or rage. Mm-hmm. And then if it really becomes overwhelming, then we will move into the freeze response. And that's the dorsal vagal system. And the freeze response is like, whoop, I'm just going to shut this shit down. I'm going to feel hopeless. Uh, that's where depression lies. It's where like, we just are like, I'm just going to cut off from everything. Is I that burnout? Like, burnout. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes. I think burnout happens in, in dorsal vagal, right? It's like, we're, we've fried every, we've fried all of our systems and we're just like, we just have, we just stop caring. It's like apathy is the only place and numbness and hopelessness is protective, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I'm just going to shut it down. And it's, it's the same system that happens like when an antelope goes into the freeze response, right? A predator catches it and it's like, I'm going to go get my other lion buddies and we're going to eat you because the lion like thinks that the antelope is dead, but the antelope's actually just like in the freeze response. And then in order to get out of the freeze response, we have to actually have to move back through the flight or fight. We have the antelope starts to shake, right? It's literally like a thawing of the freeze response that's happening in the nervous system. And so a lot of times when people start looking at these things and they've had to shut it down or cut off from it or, or dissociate from it and, and freeze it up, they move through this really big period of being angry. Yeah. Right. And, or being kind of scared. And that's actually a good sign because you're moving back through that sympathetic nervous system so that you can come back into that ventral vagal, that that regulated social engagement system. And that's the only way, like the only way around is through. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Where does that um, fawning fit in? That's something I've recently been reading about. Yeah. Fawning is part of that dorsal vagal. It's more of like a, it's almost like a functional freeze kind of response and it's an attachment response. So the freeze response is more of like, I need to keep myself safe. Uh The fawning is like, I need to keep myself connected. I need to keep myself in relationship here. And so fawning is just like, I'll just become whatever you want. I'll just, I'll just say yes. I'll just, you know, I'll, I call that clay. Like we'll, I'm just going to turn into the clay Mm. that you want me to be. And so, and if you think about, again, this is why our, our attachment system is so connected to our nervous system. It's like a layered cake, right? We can't have safety without connection. We can't have connection without safety. We can't have safety without connection. And so we need, we need attunement. We need connection. We need somebody in our life, especially when we're little and, and when we're, grown to, to be like, Hey, how are you? How are you actually doing? And if you say I'm actually fucking terrible, 
I'm like, yep, I get it. I can just hold you in that pain without like, well, just look on the bright side yeah. or, yeah. you know, no or rainbow without rain or everything happens for a reason or give it to God. Be worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, uh, we can't go around it. Mm-hmm. We have to just be in it. And when we're in it, then the system is like, okay, I'm seen, I'm held, I'm not in this alone. And that means I am safe and I can do it. If our, you know, if we're like, you know, so many parents are like, oh, you're sad. Here's a cookie, right? Or let me take you out of it or let me fix it for you Mm -hmm. rather than just sitting with our kids in, on the bench of being sad or on the bench of being angry. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm here. I believe you. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really glad you're talking to me about this. Now, can we like, okay, as we're looking for this person that can hold that space for us, is this something we should be expecting from our partners, from our friends, or is this something where I am seeking out a therapist, a counselor? I think it's both and, right? I I don't think you can expect your friends and your partner to be the level of attunement that a therapist is, right? Because a therapist really is there to attune to you, right? What is happening in therapy is hopefully your therapist's nervous system is a bit stronger, a bit has more reps in it and can, that you then are regulating to that therapist's nervous system. Like your nervous system is attuning and regulating to the therapist. But like we have a saying, like the strongest nervous system in the room is going to win. Meaning if you're super dysregulated as the client and your nervous system is is stronger than mine, then I'll get like wrapped up in your anxiety. Right. But if if I can just be regulated and grounded, then hopefully your nervous system will actually start to attune to me and and start to kind of recalibrate itself. So this is so interesting because I was just thinking about like, so some people who I know and like in my life, like their energy is so powerful that like they shift to the room. Like if they're happy, you're happy. But if they are not happy, you are not happy either. That's right. And, and, you know, if you do have a powerful nervous system, you have a lot of responsibility with that. Right. I would say I am definitely the nervous system regulator of my family. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm irritable, everybody feels it. Yeah. And, you know, I I think I have to be really mindful of that. And because you do affect people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but I would say, yeah, you you want the people that are in your first ring, in your inner circle, to be able to do some of this with you, right? right? To be able to not just try to make you look on the bright side or not try to rescue you out of it or not get super dysregulated or make it about them or, you know, whatever, right? Like, I I do think you want your first ring people, at least, you know, one to three people 
that you can go to with your deepest and darkest and they can be in this with you. Well, then that brings up like this topic of like loneliness and how people sometimes feel so isolated. What a scary place to be in because you're like out there on that island all by yourself. Uh, Totally. And really, if we're looking at this as a collective issue, we as a country are really shitty Uh at community and at collective holding of pain, right? I mean, even with the pandemic, not that it's over, right? But we have really never collectively grieved, right? We have, we, we are so devoid of community. And I think because we have this collective value of individualism, which has its beauty, right? We, we, we have this value of following your dreams and following your desires and being your unique special sauce and flavor in the world. And that is beautiful. And it might be overdeveloped and we lose this sense of collectively supporting each other. And I think in that vacuum of connection is where we get conspiracy theory and is where we get this divide, this super divided state because we're just, you know, such in limbic system that we're fueling our flight or fight. So what is the, I know, I mean, it's going to take a long time, but like, what is the first step? I'm assuming like my issue is my thinking is, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for me and what I can do. That's right. That's all you can do. I mean, I think all is small, small is all. So Uh when we heal our nervous systems on an individual level, that's going to ripple out, right? You're going to show up differently with your kids. You're going to show up differently with your partner. Even if your partner's not doing work, you're not going to engage with them in the same way, right? Relationships are kind of like a drumbeat. One person's playing and the other person's playing. And if you're hitting, hitting the beat, you're like, I'm not doing this with you. And the other person's still trying to drum. It's going to change, right? You're like, I'm, I'm not going to do this with you. If you can, you know, I'm going to step back. And when you can speak to me in like a regulated state, I'll be here for it, but I'm not, I'm not going to play this game with you anymore. Right. If we start setting boundaries with people or like, you can't talk to me like that anymore. I, I can maintain your dignity and I can show up in a regulated state and I'm not going to do this with you. People are going to, find that they're going to change you know I have I've been thinking about this too with like heterosexual relationships like I have so many women healing and they're single Mm -hmm. and they're like where are the conscious dudes out there so if I can talk to the cisgendered heterosexual male folk (laughs) yeah get in here fellas I know. Like you know? I, I, that is why I think my lucky stars, you know, my husband, I don't know how well you know him, but I have to like really sing his praises because he gets it. Yeah. He's the one telling me, I can't talk to you when you're like this right now, <laughs> come back right. to you when you're regulated. Right. Yeah, right. And he does the work, but like, totally. he's a rare breed. And I'm like, Pat, tell your friends, right. Like, right. they need to get in on this. And again, it's not your fault fellas yeah, you right. have been swimming in this soup as well right. and 
welcome to the party. Like none of this shit is our fault. Mm-mm. You think my survivors of childhood sexual trauma that are paying thousands of dollars for therapy, you think that's fair? Like yeah. that's the nature of this. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not your fault and you're the only one. Right. Even if your perpetrator comes back and is like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to turn myself in. I am going to try to get some help around this. The trauma is still yours and it is in your body. And you're the only one that can walk the path, right? And I I think a both and approach is like, only you can do it and you can't do it alone. Yeah, no, there's no way I would have, we could have the tools. Right. And I, you know, again, it doesn't matter what we know. I have to go to my therapist. And she has to say the same shit to me. And 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 it's not about even what she says. It's about the, the attunement and my nervous system being held and attuned to and my pain being witnessed. And again, this isn't just like me trying to be smushy, fluffy therapist. Like, oh, we all just need love. <laughs> yes, we do. But there's science to that. Because what happens in the nervous system when we are attuned to, when we are held, even if we're being said no, right? Like, even if like, I'm showing up with my kids, like, no, you can't have a graham cracker for dinner. I love you. I know it's disappointing. And I'm, I got to hold this no with you. Like, I, I can be with you in it, even if I'm saying no. So when we have that experience, then our nervous system gets a little stronger mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't have to carry this. I don't have to carry this stress or this trauma. I can digest and release it. It can actually move through. Yeah. And then I've got this clear space for whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah. Then it's like, well, Okay. Who am I without all this trauma? What do I actually want to fill my time and my life up with? Who do I actually want to be in my life if I'm not just anxiously attaching to people that actually cause me harm? That sounds to me like it sounds so free. Like there's so much freedom there once you go through it. Oh, that, that is the experience, right? Is like, when and there's a reason that people don't do this work because it is freaking hard it is walking through the center of the fire Mm. but when it's done correctly it's not re-traumatizing for your system you're not just going back and reliving the past Mm -hmm. you're actually giving your system the opportunity to access how it's currently stored in the present moment in your body And allowing that to release and digest. And then on the other side of that is liberation. You're like, oh, I'm unhooked. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really like the metaphor of a kaleidoscope. You know, where it's not, I don't, I really, I don't know. I have this both and like, I believe all things can be healed. And I think being human is a constant unfolding process. Right. I don't like this idea of healed land. Yeah, like, we're not getting arrived. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. I'm done. I am enlightened. You know, <laughs> like in the office, I declare bankruptcy. Let's right. not how it works. Right. 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 
So I like this idea of a kaleidoscope where you're like, okay, this, this certain pattern of colors isn't working for me anymore. So I'm going to compost that. I'm going to shed that, what no longer serves me. And then I like unfold into this new kaleidoscope of colors. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the version of me now. And then, then that skin's going to not start to work the same anymore. And we, we are in the next evolution and it can be, some people take that as like, oh, it sounds exhausting. I'm never done. What do you mean? I'm never done. <laughs> and then we've got to jump into the another, what I, you know, that dialectic, that both and thinking of you are enough, you mm -hmm. are lovable, you are whole, you are divinely connected. Should you believe that? Or even from a secular perspective, you are part of this web of life just as you are right now, you are enough right now, you are lovable right now. That is a hundred percent true, full stop, pause. And you can and want to evolve and change and grow. And don't live in the self-help section. You gotta rest, right. go roller skating, go oh, have yeah. fun, play. Yes. Like and that you, will help all this. Exactly. That's part of it. Rest, it, just like in your, you know, in training, yeah. rest is an action step. Rest is needed. If we are just grinding and working all of the time, it's not going to work, actually. In fact, that's probably part of the trauma response. Yeah. And actually, through. Yeah, I actually experienced that myself um, oh, maybe last year. And I was like, I got to change the books I'm reading. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. This yeah. is, I picked up a David Sedaris book. I was like, I need to laugh. I need to have some totally. fun. I, like, I know. Shut up, yeah. people. <laughs> exactly. Enough. Enough. Talk actually, there's a, there's an Einstein quote and I'm going to mess it up, but it's something. And of course it's male oriented, but, um, but it's like, there comes a time in a man's life. Well, we're just going to change it because there comes a time in a woman's life or a person's life, let's say, that taking on another person's ideas is no longer helpful. And he must synthesize his own ideas in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like once you get, it's not that you don't have anything else to learn, but there comes a time where it's like, okay, enough, enough with the, with the info, right. with more thinking. Because well, everyone's saying the same thing anyway. So <laughs> right. enough, I got to digest this. So, you know, what else occurs to me is the, the importance. And I know I'm, I'm feeling it even just right now, because you and I are both such energetic, fast talking I know. people, like pausing, just pausing and check how you're doing. Like, how am I actually feeling in my body? So even, you know, like our energy together feels very like buzzy and, you know, ah! <laughs> right. And I love that. Yeah. And I, you know, just to notice it, to have awareness of it. Mm -hmm. And I can feel like vibration in my arms and I can feel my heart beating and some butterflies in my stomach and some like activation in my jaw and think my brain is going, going, going. So just pausing and checking your energy, checking your physical body, 
checking your how you're doing emotionally and just acknowledging it As, and especially when something good is happening too like if if something really beautiful and good is happening pause take it in what are the images what do you see what do you taste what do you smell how does your body feel let your brain take that because your brain is evolved to keep you safe, not happy. Right. Your, your brain is there to pay attention to the dangerous and negative things. And so you have to hack it mm -hmm. to focus on what is safe, to focus on what is beautiful, to focus on what actually replenishes your system. And that is also a nervous system rep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see that all the time. Of course, people, are, they only see what they have left to do or how far away from perfect they are forgetting the fact that they've made all these changes and they're in a okay. so much better spot than they were like six, nine months ago. Totally. But there's always that next place to go. I, I love that advice. Yeah. I mean, celebration is really underdeveloped in a trauma organized nervous system, right? In a nervous system that's organized around protection good enoughness, mm. celebration, play, silliness gets lost yeah. because it's only about safety. But really, and again, this is Resma Menicum's words, like what is primary in a human's system is joy, is compassion, connection, curiosity, clarity, contentment. And then it, then the world happens, right? It's, it's hard mm -hmm. to be human. And so we, we organize around protection and our system, like it thwarts that in the, in the, in the name of safety. And that's secondary, but it feels like it's who you are. It feels like the truth. It feels like it's your personality. But I would just like an invitation to, you know, hold that out and is like, hmm, is that really who you are? Or is that what happened to you and what your system did to survive? What your system did to keep you safe and, you know, adapt. Well, as you're talking about, you know, allowing these things to move through our bodies. I know you love to dance. Totally. I also love to dance. <laughs> I'm not a good dancer, but I've started taking these dance classes. Oh, One of them you would absolutely love um, this contemporary. And I like, I'm like, this is, this was, this is going to save the world. I honestly feel yes. like dance will save the world. I feel like it's where we're at. 100%. Talk about like the benefits of dance. <laughs> I know it sounds like a silly question, but I honestly think it's like a missing link. Totally. Move. Yeah. This is roller skating for me. <laughs> like put on some Madonna and some Prince and my glowy roller skate. And it is a spiritual experience for yes. me. <laughs> right? But yes, dancing, moving. And, and again, we, uh, as a society, we don't collectively move, 
right? We don't collectively dance anymore, except for maybe dance clubs. And then it's like booze filled usually. Right. And, but we, as a, as a spiritual practice, as a, as a collective healing practice, we don't sing together very much. We don't dance together very much. It's all very performative Mm -hmm. and perfection oriented rather than I'm just going to move with you as this way of connection and healing and moving things through. And yeah, I, I love that. I love Have you ever gone to that ecstatic dance. I have not actually, it is sort of on my list. I am still working through some, some trauma, some like cynicism, like, ugh. no, trust me. I'm right there with you. Like, you know. I'm like, like, Kylie, you're the weird one here. Leave your touchy pants at the door because you're the weird one here. If it was like, like I said, if it was Prince and Madonna, I'd be all in. I know. know? I know. The the didgeridoo, I'm just, whatever, do your thing. (laughs) I know. Whatever was your boat. That is why this contemporary class is like, to me, it's like, I don't know. It's like therapy. And the little that that teaches that, I call him a little kid because he's in his 20s. You know, unless you're 40, you're an adult. You're not an adult yet. (laughs) But I can tell his mom is a therapist because of the way that he speaks. And it's it's just like, he's like, the nice thing about contemporary is there's not a place to get, right? You're not, and he's just speaking our language. And I don't think this kid knows how brilliant he is that's awesome I love that well the one thing I want to make sure I ask you about is ketamine therapy because we were talking about it before I hit record can you talk to us about what it is who it's for benefits of it your experience with it all of that sure sure so let me let me say one more little speech and then I'll go into ketamine therapy because I think it's important is you know the negative beliefs that we have about ourselves um, and my fl- my particular flavor is never enough. I'm not enough. I'm never doing enough. I'm not enough as a person, uh, blah, 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 right? Uh, but other flavors are I'm bad. I'm a piece of shit. My needs don't matter. I'm invisible. Pick your flavor of negative belief, right? And again, we might know, right? We might know different, but those beliefs actually were also adaptive and helped us survive because if there is a lack of attunement and a lack of connection and you're having these emotional experiences and your parents are like here have a cookie or look on the bright side or you're overreacting or whatever then you you have no other choice but to say there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with me and so believing that it is about you does two things. It gives you a sense of false power because if it's about you, you can do something to change it. I'll people please you. I will learn to track your needs grown up and give you what you want. I'll turn into the clay that you want me to be. I'll become a therapist. (laughs) You know, I have some power if it's about me. And that negative belief also allows you to attach to your grown up. Because you can then say, no, they're the grown up, they're right, they're safe and loving. I'm the problem here. And if we don't attach to our grown up, we will die. Mm. So that negative belief, whatever your flavor is, Mm. is baked in to the survival system. It's baked in to those lower brainstem survival neurological connections. 
And the reason I wanted to say that is because, again, we can know, we can self-affirmation, we can do all the things, but it's, it's so baked into the survival system. It's like, if you stop doing that, it feels like you're going to fucking die. Yeah. Like the, I not, not believing that I am enough kept me alive. So changing that pattern in my brain on some level in my brain feels like life or death mm-hmm. and ketamine and other psychedelics. But what we're seeing with ketamine is that it actually puts a pause in those lower limbic system neurological connections. It, it like, it, it kind of sh- almost shuts down the, the limbic system, the amygdala system in this way that those frontal lobe connections actually have a fighting chance to integrate. And the system's like, oh, I can stop doing this and I'm safe. Oh, I can, I don't, I'm, I actually am enough and I can believe that because this protective, not enough system has had a pause and everything can kind of integrate and connect in a different way. So ketamine or other psychedelics, it isn't a bypass. You don't just, you don't just get to put this medicine in your system and you're like, woo, I'm cured. Um, no, but it is a conduit Mm -hmm. and it really helps pause those baked in limbic system neurological connections Mm -hmm. so that the frontal lobe, the more nuanced communication, the, the healthier beliefs and not just thoughts, but body held beliefs Mm -hmm. can really start to integrate and click in. So is this. I'm assuming it's not like, it's not a one-time session. Usually not, right? I mean, the full protocol of ketamine therapy for people that are highly suicidal, highly depressed, you know, what we would call quote unquote treatment resistant depression. Um, there, the protocol is to do eight sessions over the course of like four weeks. So two a week. And I find that to be quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of like a once a week, once a, every two weeks, once a month pace. But again, I think it's where people are in their severity of symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say people do find quite a bit of shifting even after one session, but it's going to take some time to unpack all these layers. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll just share my personal experience. Like, I about two and a half years ago decided that I really needed to unhook from alcohol and it really felt connected to my attachment wounding. Um, I'm adopted. My, my mom was awesome, but she was a drinker. And so we would like drink together and bond. And so I had this like attachment wound plus the, my main attachment was connected to alcohol and alcohol was like, Oh, you have a wound. I'm just going to come in and like numb that for you. And so it felt really, just felt really deep. And I had done a lot of freaking therapy. And so I did some ketamine assisted psychotherapy. I only did three sessions. Um, and I, it was done for me. It doesn't, it, it's, it, it just felt like it really helped me get into those deep attachment wounds in a way that I just couldn't get to. 
And I, I mean, I, I was processing generational trauma in ketamine space. You know, my mom was a survivor of abuse. So I was like, it felt like I was processing what happened to her. It felt like I was processing my own traumas. Um, I felt like I could finally get that baby that had felt abandoned and like get her, you know, and, and reclaim her in a way that that limbic system protection just wasn't going to let me get to without some support with the medicine. And then, yeah, I just, I can't there. And what I say to people is often there's no words because the trauma doesn't have words. The trauma happens before we have words for it. And so the healing doesn't have words, right? Like generational trauma. We don't have words for that. It's just in our bodies. And so it's hard to explain. It's hard to have words around it. The best way I can describe it is like, huh, I don't hate myself anymore. Like I knew that I wasn't a bad person before, but it's like, now I can know it in my bones. Oh man, what a gift. Oh, I'm so grateful. And the, the, now that I'm doing it as a therapist, just the shifts that clients are making are so magical and, and same way that you feel about dance. I'm like, this shit is going to change the world. And, and there is a shadow side, you know, I mean, there is a lot of stuff that people are going to use medicine mm -hmm. in a, you know, I'm just going to take this medicine and hope everything's good. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I would rather have it than not. I'll, I'll take the shadow yeah, because it is just a game changer. It really is. I was hearing someone say you brought up that generational trauma. Like not only is our therapy um, a gift to ourselves and I think everyone else around us, but we're helping. We're helping our grandmother that dealt with whatever things we probably don't know about, don't want to know 100%. about, but we're carrying around I'm like that. I, I never thought about it like that. And I was like, I'm really, I'm really proud of this work that everyone is doing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you have a spiritual practice, I, and even if you don't, in some ways, I feel like this can land, like energy is here and the trauma that never got healed is energy and as you are healing yourself you are healing your ancestors pain for sure and that can feel like a big responsibility but what uh what a gift and then I think you know not only do does pain and trauma get passed down but resiliency and beauty and strength get passed down too and we can keep the learning and we can keep the resiliency and the beauty, but we can digest and release and transmute and compost the trauma. And that is, again, I mean, if we think about that on a collective level, if we were to actually have conversations about racism or about, you know, oppression that women still face or oppression that queer people still face, um, in a regulated state without people getting so locked up and defensive and braced, mm -hmm. we might actually be able to do this thing, right? We might actually be able to collectively solve some problems here. But I think a regulated nervous system is 
it's like not a, it's not optional not an option right? yeah, it's not an option none of this stuff is going to get done without it right well, this is the perfect segue for you to talk about your course that I recently just started, Cultivating Your Inner Badass. Can yeah. you talk to us about like who exactly is it for and what all do we get with it? The modules are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm. It's just been my little baby that has been brewing in my heart and in my <laughs> soul and in my brain for like four years now, basically. <laughs> and I finally just did it. But, um, you know, I find myself talking just as I am with you about very similar things to clients. And I wanted to be able to put it out there in a way that was affordable for people, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not therapy, but if you take the course, you might save yourself the money on therapy because <laughs> it's those foundational things that I actually have to say to my clients over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's all about, you know, how trauma works in the nervous system, how your nervous system works, really, it's chock full of somatic resources, nervous system regulation resources. So the modules are, you know, cultivating a badass nervous system, cultivating a badass relationship with yourself, with self-worth cultivating. And, and again, we're not talking about self-affirmations here. It's like how to really regulate your nervous system so that you can feel more powerful and actually start liking yourself and embracing who you are, um, your special sauce that you bring to the world, um, cultivating a healthy relationship with your body. And we talk about how things related to our body is so baked in on a trauma level. Um, and then cultivating badass relationships. So boundary setting, how to set effective boundaries while still maintaining connection and attachment, um, using discernment of who gets your energy and how much of your energy you get. <laughs> a hard one for me. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and then the fifth is sort of a hodgepodge of spirituality. I talk a little bit about the trauma of the dominant culture and white supremacy values. I talk about spiritual bypassing and spiritual trauma. Um, and I believe those things really get in the way of our collective healing and community, which is needed for our nervous system. So cultivating a higher sense of purpose, community, reconnecting with your creativity. Um, yeah. So it's just like all the things that I say to clients all the time, all the resources and skills and tools that I offer all the time and you get it all. And so the, the course itself is an online self-paced course that you engage in or clients engage in um, on their own time. And then I'm doing twice a month coaching calls where you can come and ask questions and get some support, workshop an issue, um, you know, you have access to me. I'm going to do, it's the first Friday and the third Saturday of every month. Um, and then eventually the Saturdays I'm going to hand off to my lead coach, but for, as it's kind of building, I'm going to, um, be that person, um, for the first few months. We'll see. It's such a great resource. And you mentioned, so you said the word coaching and I just wanted to get your take on the difference between therapy and coaching because they are different, but I would yeah. love to hear it from you. Sure. So I wanted 
to offer coaching so that people from around the nation can access it, right? Um, and But the main difference is that therapy is really focused on the past mm -hmm. and digesting and psychoanalyzing issues around the past. And coaching is about present moment and future oriented goals. So we are talking about trauma, but we are talking about it in a way that is like, how is it here now, right? How is it here now? And how do we help you actually move through it? So it might be that you really do need to find an, a therapist, an EMDR therapist or a trauma trained therapist to really help you digest what has happened in the past. But this will be a great uh, support or a beginning, a beginning phase, right? Of like getting the foundations of nervous system and resourcing and, you know, having a basic understanding of all of this. It, it could be a great beginner place. It could be also a great like supportive place as you're moving through some trauma work. So yeah. it's for, you know, anyone who feels like they've got some shit to digest or that so they everyone, so <laughs> everyone, I mean, I would say if you are actively involved in the proud boys, I'm probably not your gal. <laughs> Need not apply. <laughs> you know, uh, we are an actively pro queer, pro trans, pro choice. <laughs> pro people of color, anti-racist organization. So, you know, if you want to unpack some patriarchy and white supremacy, come on in. Um, oh my but, God. You know. There is this account on Instagram and it's called Secretly Woke Southern Men. Mm. And it's so funny. Yes, they are so good. I love, I love them. I love them so much. Well, yeah. where can we find you? Um, so the course is at uh, cultivateyourinnerbadass.com. Okay. Uh, that's actually a really funny story. I think I have some ADHD, Kylie, because I was like, darn it. I really want that URL, cultivateyourinnerbadass.com, but it's taken. And and then I was like, a month later, I was like, wait a minute. I think that's my URL. <laughs> I think I own that because I had started a blog like years ago. Oh my gosh, that's so URL. funny. So I just repurposed it, but I was like, wait a minute. That's my anyway hilarious the way my brain works uh but yes cultivate your inner badass.com there's actually a free webinar um on that and it's it's partially the first module it's just part of the first module so it's called cultivate your um, badass nervous system there's more in module one in the course than in the webinar but you can get a feel for my vibe and the way that the course works with that free webinar and that can be found on the cultivate your inner badass.com well I mean I can say like <laughs> I think you're fabulous I know you're an amazing therapist as well um so if anyone is wondering that's my take on you so thank you but I have thank to ask you. you one more question though because you brought it up and I have I, I'm dying to know so I feel like everybody now has ADHD but I want to know from your point of view do people really have ADHD or is it just a symptom of life now? Yeah. Yeah. That is a good freaking question. I mean, 
I do think collectively we are, our brains are looking more like ADHD brains. I don't, I think it's a very tender topic as to whether or not we actually chemically have ADHD or if it is a result of not just cell phones, but certainly cell phones and social media really collectively steal our focus. And there's actually a great book called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. Um, and I read uh, half of it. Da -da. <laughs> it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I listened to half of it. I was like, I got it. I got it. On brand. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but our attention, like I said, is our the the most high commodity that advertisers and that corporations want. Mm -hmm. If we can hold our attention. That's money. So I think, you know, he brings up this point that we we can't collectively focus long enough to solve any problems. Yikes. Right? Yeah. And so it I think taking a tech break is a really good idea, but this is a collective problem. This mm -hmm. really needs to be, you know, it's just like my metal straws and electric car are not going to solve global warming. Oh, right. It needs to be a collective agreement. Absolutely. And the focus issue needs to be a collective agreement of how, you know, I think they did a study that was like adults in their 40s have about a minute long focus. They can focus actually actively for a minute to a minute and a half. And kids in the Xennial generation have about a 30 second. Oh my gosh. It's, I mean, it's very disturbing. So I, I think, you know, I don't know, it, like with me personally, I look back on it and I'm like, there's certain things that feel pretty ADHD to me, but I wasn't ever hyperactive. I was a very good student. I, you know, so I, I'm curious, I'm actually in the process of getting a formal assessment. So I'll let you know. <laughs> let me know because I, I honestly think about but, it. Also with women in their 40s, there's things going on in our brain. In our brain. That yeah. Also, I'm like, well, all, why are all my 40-year-old friends now being told they have ADHD? Is it perimenopause right. right. or? Yeah. I, totally. I and either way, there are things. Nervous system regulation is going to help you with your focus, mm -hmm. first of all. Taking a tech break is going to help you with your focus. Actually, funnily enough, getting a big picture, like staring at the horizon for like two minutes a day actually helps get that big picture focus, which is really going to help with dopamine regulation. Cause so ADHD and focus is all about dopamine regulation. So, you know, if we can regulate our dopamine system, which is hard because when we get hits on social media, when we seek out sugar, when we seek out booze, when we, any of that stuff, we, we dysregulate our dopamine system. We spike it and then it crashes. And then we have to look for more dopamine. And that is dopamine is, is all about task switching and focus. So if we can regulate our dopamine system, then our focus is going to improve. So even if I do get an ADHD diagnosis, I'm not really too keen on putting Adderall in my body. Um, if, I, if I need it, 
fine. But I would rather, and even if I am going to go that route, like I would rather try to do some stuff that can help me in general focus. Mm -hmm. And so seeking out things that can help your general focus mm -hmm. is also a good idea, right? Meditation, yoga, focusing on the breath, big picture, horizon, um, taking a phone break, having scheduled times that you check your email and check your phone. I am, my wife's like listening to this going, yeah, uh -huh. she's great at that. Not. <laughs> I know. I wish like speaking of this collective, I just like wish it was okay. Everybody, everybody, let's just not be on our phones after eight o'clock. Like, can we just all agree? You don't text me. I don't text you. We're not posting anything. Because then we have yeah. this FOMO. Like, what would we all said? So yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I I don't know what the solution is, but it is definitely a collective issue. And I hope we can stay focused long enough to figure out how to collectively solve it. Well, it starts with dance. Yes, <laughs> and roller skating and print. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Erica is so great to chat with you and catch up and see all of you. Thank you, Kylie. I really appreciate you and, and I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to get through all of your course. It's awesome so far. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks, girl. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye, bye Bye. Thank you again for hanging out with me at Far From Perfect. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Make sure you find Erica on Instagram. Her handle is at Avos Counseling. And you can learn more about her program, Cultivating Your Inner Badass, at cultivatingyourinnerbadass.com. Again, you can support the podcast by number one, sharing this with your friends. That is like the best thing you could possibly do for me, you can rate it on your Apple iTunes podcast app. And then, of course, support the people who I am partnered with, and that is Beauty Counter. Y'all know I am a Beauty Counter consultant. There's a link um, in the show notes to my actual Beauty Counter site, Glow Pro Self Tanner, using code LARSEN to save 10%. And then Element, Element T. Stay hydrated, friends, because it's not just about the water, it's about electrolytes. Element will keep you hydrated all year long. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.